Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the East End of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. And we are recording. Yes, we're recording. It's a little wet out today. I heard a little thunderly rumble. Is that a word? Thunderly? It should be a word if it's not a word. It's coming your way. It was like, I was supposed to cover an event for like oyster farming or whatever, and it just got rained out. I was like driving up and it was just pouring and like thunder yeah. and everything. Well, it could be worse. It could be 130. Like it yeah. is in the country. So. <laughs> yeah. So we're back with 27 Speaks, and um, and that was Bill Sutton that got us started at the top of the podcast. Hiya, Bill. Hi, Annette. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. And also with us is a new voice, um, John Paul Ferentino. And uh, John Paul is joining us for the summer as our summer intern. And um, he's already diving right in to the deep end. So how are you, John? Paul? Yeah, I'm great. I'm really excited to be here. It's my first time being on a podcast. Let's go. Cool. Any podcast. Huh? Any podcast. Fun. Yes. Fun. And I'm Annette Hinkle. I'm the arts and living editor of the Express News Group. And we also have three very special guests joining us today. Duncan Darrow. And Duncan is the founder of Fighting Chance, the organization in Sag Harbor that has been an advocate for families who are battling cancer diagnoses. And also joining us is the executive director of Finding Chance, and that's Kathleen Mulcahy, who has um, only joined Fighting Chance. When did you join, um, Kathleen? A year ago. A year ago. Right okay. Now. Yeah. So you're you're also kind of diving into the deep end. And also with us is Katie Schaefer, and Katie is the executive director of the American Cancer Society on Long Island. Thank you so much for having me. Where are you based, Katie? Um, I live in Hicksville. Um, so we are home based here in the American Cancer Society on Long Island, but I am in Hicksville. Until later when you're heading out to Montauk to join the fray on the beach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. nice. So John Paul had done a story this week about Fighting Chance and the American Cancer Society joining forces recently. And John Paul, I wondered if you wanted to jump in and talk about your story a little bit, and then perhaps we can throw it over to Duncan to talk about the foundations of Fighting Chance and how the organization has grown since he founded it. Yeah, awesome. So, I mean, we're always on the lookout for, there are a lot of really great community organizations on the East End, so we're always on the lookout to highlight some of their work. Um, and so this week, it seems, uh, th there's a pamphlet going to be put in a lot of the newspapers on the East End uh, with Fighting Chance, the, which is a, you know, an organization that supports people who are battling cancer. Um, and so we decided, but for the first time this year, um, they're doing it in collaboration with the American Cancer Society. And so, I mean, obviously the American Cancer Society is the, probably the biggest name in cancer support in the in the U.S. Um, and is a huge organization. So we really wanted to highlight this wonderful collaboration. And, you know, this is a really prestigious and good, like a important recognition of the efforts that Fighting Chance has done over its 21 year history, I believe. Um, and so, yeah, so that's why that's kind of the background of the story. Um Duncan, I don't know if you want to go into a little bit of the history of Fighting Chance and how it got started. Sure. My uh, my my mother died of cancer uh, 21, 22 years ago here in Sag Harbor. I was her main caregiver. And so I experienced, you know, the cancer care network out here. And one of the things that it was missing was um, the, 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 the part that involves how your peace of mind and mental health are compromised by the diagnosis 
the treatment and the side effects, that kind of mental, emotional side. And uh, oncologists would, would often say, we treat the tumor, not the trauma. And so that shell shock piece of the disease um, was, was what patients really wrestled with without any organization out here to hold their hand or guide them or, or provide counseling. And that's the niche that Fighting Chance filled. And we've grown over the years. And, and now, 20 years later, I think most oncologists basically see that, that indeed they don't have the time or training for the emotional or mental health dimension of the disease. And so they refer their patients to us. And having friends who have gone through cancer diagnosis, I feel like that fighting chance is like their second stop after their doctor. So you have definitely become where they go when they get the news, right? Yeah. Katie, I was wondering, had you heard about fighting chance that's been around for 20 so years? Is this something that's newish on your radar? And how common is it for an organization like this to exist? So there's so many amazing charities that are working to support cancer patients and other um, people who are going through similar types of diseases. And I think that from in my role, really, I have been outreaching to different charities to say, you know, I'd love to hear more about what you're doing and how can we, the American Cancer Society, support that work. As John Paul had mentioned at the top of the hour, it's very important for the American Cancer Society, which is this huge organization, to really tap into our grassroots resources so that the community can really understand what's available to them. And as a large organization, sometimes we have a little bit more access to different resources or can provide provide some of those resources that can eliminate a financial burden to people like uh, Duncan and Fighting Chance and the people he serves so that he can then reallocate funds to other things. Um, and also just to educate, you know, our different partners in this fight, right, so that we can all be in line of like not and knowledgeable of what maybe I don't provide, they provide. We don't provide um, that mental health counseling side of things. So now we're able to refer people to Fighting Chance who are looking for that service. Um, and on the other side, uh, Fighting Chance is able to refer to the American Cancer Society's services um, when those needs are made. So there might be some services that are available to a wider, like maybe further out that Fighting Chance would not necessarily be keyed into and, until they check yeah. in with you guys. I'll give you a good example. It's one of the ways that we began working with ACS, and Kathleen's been very involved with this. They have an amazing place in New York called Hope Lodge. And I believe there's Hope Lodges in many other locales around the country. And so when our patients are going into New York for specialized treatments, memorial, wherever, of course, they're gonna they ask, oh, by the way, could you also help me with lodging? We'll give them free jitney tickets to get there. And it depends on the day and the week and, and who else is going to Hope Lodge. So you can't guarantee it. But when, you know, when when it works, you can get the patients a place there for, you know, two days, three days, four days, whatever. It, um, and it's basically free. It's a very nice uh, venue. So that's just an example of a way that we, Fighting Chance, have been connecting with an ACS resource that we could never provide ourselves.
So Kathleen, can I ask you to jump in a little bit about what you've learned as far as what's available, how things have changed? And because, um, you know, being being newer to the Fighting Chance organization, I'm interested in hearing how your perceptions of what you, your job was going to be like maybe are more expansive or different than what you initially thought. Well, it's what I find is I go home every day and I like what I do. Right. You know, I've helped somebody every single day. And so, you know, this morning we had a number of calls with people looking for ways to get less than a mile from their home to a treatment center, but couldn't get there. And we were able to put together different different ways to help them do that. We Another woman um, who has no family out here and all her neighbors have put together I'll take her this day, I'll take her that day, but there were a couple of days they couldn't do it. And they said, well, has anyone called Fighting Chance yet? And we were able to immediately say, yeah, well, we got those days. We got whatever days you need covered to get you yeah. there. Um, yeah, I think I think what's really strange out here, I mean, you know, this is seen as such an elite, rarefied area and every you know everybody's so rich but you have so many people here it you know it really is can't kind of a rural area at the same time and you know you have a lot of like older people maybe living alone if they're going through a cancer diagnosis and the the resources it has taken a lot of time long time for resources to funnel out here in terms of health care and i think that's always a misnomer everybody expects you live in the lap of luxury in yeah. all realms out here including your health care and i tell you it's it's sometimes been like a health care desert out here and i imagine you know you guys could really speak to what you've witnessed with that yeah that's um honestly i think the biggest reason why we have paired together um and the the biggest motivation for me was to you know we recognize that there is a barrier to healthcare when it comes to the east end of long island and access to cancer treatment resources and education and for us to work with fighting chance around you know making sure people can get to treatment that's a huge thing and you know if you're looking at you know i have the pleasure of going to Montauk frequently. It is almost an hour and a half to get to Montauk to Riverhead with traffic during the summer. And if my treatments are in Riverhead, which maybe they're not, right? They could be in, you know, Port Jefferson, they could be in New York City, they could be, you know, in Western Nassau, there could be so many other places. That's a huge trek and a, a very large burden to a family, even if you are of means, you know, sometimes somebody's holding that health insurance who needs to be providing for their family and going to work. And there's not that other um, unit, like family unit member or friend who's able to give the time to transport somebody every single day. So with the resources of free transportation from Fighting Chance and our volunteer transportation program, Road to Recovery, you know, we can, you know, tack on to each other and people can call the one, the, our 1-800 number, the American Cancer Society, and say, I was just diagnosed with cancer. What is there out here to help me? And then, you know, we can go through the gamut of free transportation, free lodging, you know, information about your diagnosis. But if you don't know it exists, right, then how, how can that help anybody? So I think spreading the word um, is the most important thing and things like this are helping that. So, you know, I was curious, maybe Duncan, this is something you want to talk about is how, how have resources and also just available treatments, not just transportation, but maybe also support groups and, and networking of people who are going through similar types of cancers. How has that changed since you started Fighting Chance? 
20 something years ago? Well, when we started, we were on a little alleyway next to the American Hotel. I remember. And uh, we were fortunate to have a really superb oncology social worker. So that's a social worker who knows a lot about cancer and such, who came to us from Memorial Sloan Kettering. We were in an itty bitty almost garage. And in those days, people would sneak into our office under all sorts of disguises because they did not want their friends and neighbors in a small town knowing they had cancer. And they didn't want their children bullied because your mom's got cancer. So, you know, it was a disease in the shadows. That's the biggest thing. And if you now go forward 20 years, partly because of celebrities and gosh, TV shows, whatever, people are much more accustomed to hearing the disease and, and knowing that it's not a death sentence and so forth. So uh, that's that's part of how it's changed over time. And then of course you have COVID and Zooms and all. And then I guess for us at Fighting Chance, we started out focused on the mental health piece, as I mentioned, or the emotional piece, shell shock, whatever. Our counselors are really credentialed and they're free. So it didn't take long before people found out about that. But as Katie was mentioning, with rural cancer care, transportation is a big, big obstacle. And so we, we've become almost a little bit more like a cancer care hub because we've got our counseling, which is our kind of signature service. But now if you come to us and you're going to Memorial, you get free jit jitney tickets in and back for you and the caregiver over and over again. If you can't get to a local doctor appointment, most cancer patients see 10 different kinds of doctors. Then we call hometown taxi and you get a free taxi. And I, I could kind of go on and on. And now we are partnering with ACS and doing more with accommodations and Hope Lodge. So, um, so we started with the you know, the mental health piece, but we've kind of expanded. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Cordoraro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com 27 Speaks is brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books, independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sag Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton. They buy books, collections, libraries, individual titles. Very easy process. They handle everything. Do you have books to sell? Call or email today or visit SouthamptonSagHarborBooks.com. Now hiring booksellers at both locations, including office positions. That's, that's got to be so important as you're going through those treatments. You certainly, you know, you're in, in no position to, to to drive yourself. And we we know in, in this, you know, atmosphere out here, it's driving is driving is everything. There's not a lot of public transportation or whatever, it but really even just to, you know, to, to have that ride and especially to have a, a caregiver to, to go along and make sure that, that everything's okay. And, and, you know, and ease the patient. What a, what a great thing that is. The, the other part of it though also is because we're trying to help reduce the stigma associated with cancer in our own way. So one of the ways we try to do it 
is, is to draw out the pillars of the corporate community, such as Hampton Jitney, American Hotel, Hometown Taxi. And it makes our patients feel, gee, if, if the Jitney's not scared of cancer and is willing to support it and transport people, I don't feel so alone and isolated. And, and so we're always trying to draw out the main sort of community pillars, if you will. Yeah. So what, what happens when somebody is alone, like a person who lives alone gets a cancer diagnosis? Are there resources available for them to get a caregiver? Um, you know, I've never, I've always wondered how that works if you don't have family in the area or family members at all who can care for you. Is that a big challenge, especially out here? So I think that's something that's pretty, you know, not common, but something that is seen not just on the east end of Long Island, but everywhere, right, where, you know, somebody is far away from their family or is, you know, an older person who doesn't have that unit around them. And I think that's where something like Fighting Chance and their counseling comes into play and just that resource. But also we have um, survive like more of like a survivor networking group and our reach to recovery programs where you're paired with a cancer survivor who has a similar diagnosis as you who can help you know just be that listening ear who's not a doctor who's not a professional it's just someone who's on an equal playing field who's come through the disease who can you know give you that extra you know extra piece of confidence or you know yeah hope exactly and you know our 1-800 number 1-800-227-2345 that's a 24 hour service. You get a live person every single time. Um, and that person, I've heard some amazing recordings of phone calls where somebody who just cannot sleep at two o'clock in the morning is just calling, I don't know what to do. Where can I turn? And I think those resources are so invaluable, right? When just having a number, right? Or having a place in Sag Harbor that's so close um, that you can just lean on and turn to and say, I'm not alone in this journey. I have met so many people and it's it's important. It's important to have an army around you. But I would say, you know, when you're talking about full-time, uh, like a home health aid, we don't supply home health aids. We have a guide to resources and you can call them or your family member can. But there's no doubt if you're out, if you're living alone, particularly if you're elderly, modest income, that gap of someone who can live with you or cook your meals or whatever, it, we, we don't feel that. I used to be a hospice volunteer. Really? Hospice doesn't feel that. Feel, you know, feel that. They they come to your house, you know, with frequency, but they're not cooking you three squares or whatever. And that is, um, that's a gap. Yeah, right. It's hard. You know, then you have to get, you know, then you have to pull on, call on members of the community, I guess, to sort of step in and maybe volunteer and that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there are, there are a lot of members in our community who do that. I was on the phone with one this morning who was helping a woman. And one of the things we were saying was, all right, as you put together this, she needs to get to chemo two weeks straight and then a week off and then two weeks straight. And, and, you know, we will help with, put it all together. So if the volunteers can do those days and then a cousin of hers can do those days and then we can fill in the other days, but we'll help coordinate that. Because the other thing is that a lot of people don't want to make the call and ask. 
Mm-hmm. So what we say to them is, tell us, tell us your neighbor's names who have said they want to help. Tell us your relatives. We'll call them. We'll help put the schedule together so you don't have to make that call. I have no problem calling somebody and saying, yeah. we I mean, what we've thought about as a new program or an additive program is is the idea of a volunteer visiting a patient, let's just say to make one meal. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. First of all, you have there's, there's an insurance issue there that's not insignificant because they're now entering another domain. Um, but that would be a step in the right direction and meaningful both ways. It's I just we have not figured out a solution for how we could sponsor a home health aid organization that would, you know, just literally, it's not just three squares a minute. You got to be there overnight because the patients can get very restless and disoriented. So it's it's a big job and we we haven't figured out a solution. This is Catherine Manu, and I'm the editor of the Sag Harbor Express and co-publisher with my husband, Gavin, of the Express News Group. Local community news matters more than ever, with misinformation spreading constantly across the internet. We live in the communities we cover. We are your neighbors, your friends, your family. We tell the good stories and, unfortunately, the bad. We focus on your triumphs and losses. But we can't do this without our subscribers. To subscribe, please visit 27east.com slash subscribe. And thank you for your support. Well, I think what's interesting now that you have Katie involved, Katie might have access to a larger network. And maybe there have been solutions other parts of the country that we haven't thought of here. Is that accurate, Katie? Yeah, so I would say I I hate saying this 1-800 number, but it's truly that line of, you know, connecting to everything that we do and all the people that we work with and, you know, those larger partnerships. So off the top of my head, do I know of an organization that's out on the East End who's going and providing, you know, free home health aid? I don't. However, I'm not going to say that it doesn't exist because I guarantee that there's something within our resource center that has, you know, those connections. So that's when I always say the moment that you get diagnosed with cancer, it caregiver or the person who's going through that journey, they should be giving that phone number a call and just getting you know, the basic of information that's there. And then that cancer resource specialist is going to be following up with you every once in a while and saying like, how's everything going? Do you need more resources here? You know, do you need clinical trial information? Have you the navigation through insurance? That's a job in itself that I never want to be the person who has to do it. But those, those things that, you know, oh, I have all these bills that are coming to me. I thought this was covered by insurance. This isn't having to navigate an appeal and that's hard. And having somebody who knows and understands that, that's a big deal. And it is, there are these resources on Long Island that are, that have been working in silos. And one of the things that Phillips Cancer Center, Phillips Family Cancer Center has brought is this sense of getting us all together. So we had a month ago, a survivor's day at Phillips where there were eight eight of us, the American Cancer Society, Fighting Chance, Ola, Lucia's Angels, et cetera, um, Ellen Hermanson, we were all there together working and talking to one another about what we all do. 
So yeah. that we know when somebody calls and says, I need X, we can say, okay, you can call the Latina sisters or, you know, there's, there are wonderful organizations and we're getting much better about working yeah. together. I, I mean, love that you said that. Yes. I was going to say a word that Katie introduced me to when I asked what they did is convener, convene. Mm. And so they're able to touch a lot of organizations, bring you together. And believe it or not, that's a big deal because you just don't know all the pockets of resources. And Katie and ACS, in my view, have been very instrumental in, in that. It's really added a dimension to cancer care out here. Duncan, you know, when we got together, he brought me to the Phillips uh, Family Cancer Center, which we already do so much work with, but it's nice to have that face-to-face -face and being able to take those silos that we just, that Kathleen just shared, you know, truly, we shouldn't be working in silos. We're all, we all have the same goals. So if we, you know, just take down those barriers, take down those walls and say, we're not competing with each other. We just have to, you know, empower and lift each other up and work on this together and create almost like a cohort of resource. Imagine what we can do. When you mentioned Phillips and Katie saw this, we were asked by Bob Challoner when they were building the facility to occupy a rent-free office in Phillips to hire a social worker like the ones in Sag Harbor and to, and to basically provide this, you know, mental health, emotional counseling and we and we do that and that actually is a person katie met with so that's a, a significant satellite for us so the the, hosp the hospital helped quite a bit in in kind of being that that umbrella locally anyway with with these different organizations and and i think and i mean duncan you were talking about you know st stigmas and and overcoming that and and i think it you know to in or you know to have the hospital come in and just bring everybody together and you guys are are building a you know you're assembling an army from all these different organizations to good way of putting it yeah <laughs> I like that an army you're gonna have it <laughs> you need you'll need one because it's an a army war the cancer warriors yeah, exactly. I want to tell you it's a war on cancer yeah. when they say where they mean it so many people fighting in so many different ways and levels. And I mean, we were in Chicago for a conference with 20,000 oncologists. Can you believe wow. that? And from all over the world. But the minute you met someone, it was like meeting a soldier in a foxhole. I mean, we all knew whether you were working to discover something or care for someone or run a cancer. We all felt, you know, a, a camaraderie that, you know, I've always found inspirational, you know. Yeah. Or in right. cancer, what kind of time? So, um, Katie, I'm wondering how unique is Fighting Chance in terms of organizations? Are there other organizations around the country who are doing similar work? Are they, you know, do they resemble other organizations out there? Or has Duncan truly stumbled upon something that's a little bit out of the box when it comes to helping people with diagnosis? Well, I think Duncan has found a treasure and really, you know, made it gleam as the world has really changed. Um you know, I think that transportation is something that we all really, truly know and see every day. And I think there's, a, you know, quite a few organizations that are funneling dollars um, and do, like well-earned uh, donor dollars into transportation. But on the other side, that mental health piece, I just, I've never come across it in the way that Fighting Chance has. Um, 
I'm not going to say that it doesn't exist anywhere else, Duncan, you would know way more than I do. Um, but I just feel like here on Long Island, you know, just in the last couple of months of us truly working together, I've seen so many amazing stories come out of that. And one of the patients that was able to stay at Hope Lodge um, that I know of from Fighting Chance was just speaking so highly of that particular, you know, service and just... Kathleen took that case. <laughs> that was a hard one. Yes. And that's like the perfect example of like Kathleen really reaching out to, um, you know, us. She said, you know, I have this patient who just really needs to stay. So stay somewhere. They need they need to stay for free. And I think what was it almost two, yeah. two or more weeks, right, for free in New York City. The, um, now I just did a conference of oncology social workers down in New Orleans, and it was 4,000 social workers. And as I was talking to them, I would say, and they're all mostly in cancer centers or in treatment centers or hospitals. And I was describing our model and their jaws would drop. They were just like, who, for free? And you do this as much as you want? And you have your own offices and everything? And they were... I mean, there were a lot of people who were like, wow, we want to come work for you. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, uh, it is a, it's a remarkable organization. I'm very, very delighted I mean, to be I mean, part of it. A lot of the larger ca cancer centers, there are 1,500 cancer centers in America where you can get chemo, but there's a, a very small number, basically in large cities, which can afford to hire a social worker on the cancer floor. And what you generally find them saying is that they, they don't have their own office. There's nothing confidential. They're maybe sitting next to your chemo chair or catching you in the hallway. And a counseling session could last 10 minutes. That's it. They're busy. You're busy. This model, obviously, is, is, is different. This is much more like seeing a psychiatrist. You know, it's a 45-minute session. We take notes. It's confidential. You return to build upon, you know, what's been developed. That's, that's terrific. I didn't mean to, to to turn this personal, but I mean, I lost my brother last year to to cancer, and and he was um, he lived in in Rochester, and there was no organization like yours for his, and and um, and and you know, and and I think we all wished that that there was because it was you know it was a very difficult time, obviously for for him and 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 his family and you know and 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 for us and 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 so on a on a personal level I just I just want to say you know how wonderful I think it is that you guys provide you know that that counseling service to uh I'm, I'm sure you know it helps the patients Thanks. and their families both so Duncan I just wondered maybe um as far as a wish list what do you wish you could do at fighting chance like what is your next goal as far as being able to offer services to the population out here that you are currently not able to uh well first of all i i think working with american cancer society doing more with them and with the people that they connect us with creating more of a resource network that and it's been an eye-opener working with them the last few months and we want to do i would say you know, more with that if we can. Secondly, I just feel stronger and stronger on a personal level about the mental health element of the cancer journey. And it's funny, 20 years ago, we didn't use the word mental health because that was about as stigmatizing as cancer. 
and we would use things like emotional distress and so forth. But it's now out in the open. We all know mental health encompasses a big range of things. Right. And I want to see that given more attention, frankly. Um, and and then, you know, just as an example, what you're talking about, about going into the patient domain, going into their home. And uh, we, our volunteers are not trained to be a home health aide and be sleeping there and dealing with, you know, emergencies in the middle of the night. But, you know, if you if you could uh, get them in there for, you know, just to cook a meal, uh, it's, it's not that patients don't have families, it's that the families can't commit to 24-7. And, you know, if you can take a piece of the 24-7, um, such as lunch, keep it simple, um, you know, then the families are relieved a little bit and you can begin to put together um, you know, a 24-7 care package, which when you get into advanced cancer, stage three and four, that's that's really what a patient needs. Yeah, it's true. Right. Additionally, I think, Annette, we're, you know, now that um, we're getting back into having more support mm -hmm. groups, we had some really robust support groups pre-COVID, and a support group can work on Zoom. It's not impossible, but it's not the same. Mm -hmm. So now that we are back in person, we're doing more, and we're doing um, we're doing programs with Sea Tree Farms in Sagaponic, where we have equine therapy, which is fascinating. We're doing a very specialized one right now for breast cancer patients, where um, they're curing and um, grooming the horses, and it's great for the lymphatic system and so these are um these are the kind of things that are very specialized maybe five six people but it is tremendously helpful to these patients and caregivers I, I, I would just add one other thing i can't tell you the number of times over 20 years folks have come to us and they want us to franchise and do this and do that just what they're doing to hospices now and uh, and I just say, you know, look, this is my community. I just want to make my community better. And there's a lot of cancer, believe it or not. And we're going to help the people who have it. And no, I don't want to be McDonald. <laughs> I don't want to be this or that. But as you know, in the hospice movement now, for-profit entities are purchasing hospices. And Easton Hospice just wrestled for several months with an offer to buy them. So, you know, just I'm staying right where I am. I would love to be a model. But you can you can you can be a model and you can be a template as a, of a <laughs> of a success of a successful Absolutely. a successful organization yeah. that that is helping people in its community and people can can adopt that model. Well, I wanted to ask the writer John who I spoke with and who wrote the article um, kind of what did what did you learn and and you know what was it like covering healthcare? I mean, I don't know if you've covered healthcare before, but it's a specialized field. Yeah, I, I've covered a little bit of well, I write for my school newspaper, so I've covered a little bit of stories about like tangentially related to healthcare. Um, but I think that uh I didn't know if any chance it existed. I remember one of my growing up, one of my neighbors, uh I lived I grew up in Southampton, one of my neighbors, she was suffering from breast cancer, and I just remember um like we my mom and I was too young but like we we tried to help like you know clean the house and cook meals for her and stuff like that and 
I just, it was something that I thought was very important. And I think something that was really crucial to her, like, you know, eventually entering remission and being, I think, cancer-free. Um, and also something that I realized takes like a tremendous amount of support. Um, and I just think I was really awestruck by the number, by the amount of support that Fighting Chance provides um, for the community members. And I, I didn't know that Fighting Chance existed before because I guess I'm lucky to not have had to encounter you guys. Um, but I also just, yeah, I also, I thought it was awesome. And I think it's really cool too that you've been, that Fighting Chance's, you know, status has kind of like steadily risen over the past couple of years. I mean, I think the, the collaboration with the Phillips Ca Family Cancer Center, the fact that they're giving you a free office in that gorgeous building, um, I think is like a huge step forward um, for cancer treatment on Long Island. And I think it's also pretty progressive of Stony Brook Southampton to like, you know, think that they would want to offer that to have a more holistic cancer cancer health center as opposed to just like, you know, offices to offer, you know, chemotherapy or whatever. Um, that's, that's what stood out to me. Right, thanks. Right. You guys are doing great work. Yeah. It's like, you know, you've come a long way, you've come a long way from that little shack on the, the alley at the, by, uh, in Sag Harbor, Duncan. It's all about the hope. Well, thank you guys so much for, uh, coming on. And thank you, Katie. Yes. Katie, thank you. Yes. Thank you thank so you. much, everyone. And I, it just, uh, I, I look forward to talking and working with you guys more and just the power that you have just by putting this topic out there is, you know, incredible. It's part of the whole, the whole process. Maybe the most important part to make sure people know about it. Yeah. Well, and thank you guys again for the support of John Paul, great article. And, you know, thank you guys love, so much. We love the, the press news group. You take good care of us. You guys are just inspirational, inspirational organizations. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. And Bill, I hope I you said Rochester, which is my old stomping grounds of life. So I'm going to say go Bills, maybe. Yeah, this is their year, Katie. This year they're going to go. If all it the happens, way. I'm going to be knocking on your door with a giant flag and you know some wings, and we'll celebrate. Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27east.com, and sagharborexpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.